Are we good? Are we goodsies, Mark? Yeah, we're goodsies. What's up, everybody? I'm Nick. As always, I'm here with Ryan and Mark, and we are Bible Dingers. And as usual, we will start the show with breaking news on Bible Dingers News Network. You think I'm going to stump you guys this week? I think I'm going to stump you guys this week. I'm, I thought Ryan's never been stumped. I'm not sure. Ever. Literally But I never. think I think this is going to be the week. You ready for this? Okay. I said, are you ready for this? Bruh. Bernie Sanders. He strongly supports abortion to slow population growth. That's two weeks in a row about abortion. Okay. Fake news or real news? Wait, read two it one things. more time. Okay, yeah, okay. Bernie Sanders strongly supports abortion. Um, What was it? You have an agenda you're trying to push here to slow population growth. I'm going to say this: it's it's a toss up between whether we've talked about abortion or Joel Osteen more. More. We were talking about this today at church. We should definitely pull the amount of times we talked about either one. That's number one. Number two is that's real news. You know what? You know what the issue is. What? The issue is that Ryan has too much time on his hands. Ron. Ron. Ran. Did he ring get watches the news way too much. You <laughs> watch the, the news. Do you even know who I am? No, apparently. I never watch apparently, the news. Apparently, you got this guy never. that works with you that just I chews do. your ear off and tells you all the news and he's ruining our show, okay? Because I had enough. Bruh. I had enough, okay? <laughs> it's over. This game's over. We're never opening the show with this again because Ryan has a coworker that's ruining the show. Wait, was that right? Yeah. Obviously. I already know. Bruh. I'm over it. Wow, so he actually said that's the reason why he supports Yeah, he's, he abortion. said that uh, the population is, is, is growing too much for the earth to handle it, and it, it definitely will help. I thought it was ridiculous. I was like, you know, I would never believe it. But hey, Ryan apparently knows. Did you know that, Mark? I was going to guess that it was real mm. because it sounds very democratic. Oh, those but Democrats. Like, population. I'm not even a hard Republican. I'm just saying that sounds very democratic. On a lighter note, woman at senior home wins employee of the month and she doesn't even work there. Is that <laughs> fake news or real news? <laughs> I think that's real news as well. <laughs> I'm going to say fake. I'm going to answer Mark. How would that happen? Oh, okay. Answer I Mark. have to answer Mark because Ryan ruins everything. Because I get everything it's correct. Like You're that sick show. of the clapping soundbite. Yeah, right? Uh, yeah, apparently this woman who has Alzheimer's um, is convinced that she works at a place and they love her so much they gave Aww. her the employee of the month. That is adorable. That's pretty cute. I thought it was adorable. Well, actually. it's sad and cute. It's cute. I thought it was yeah. great. What's her name? She forgot. Um, <laughs> well, well, what did you say? She forgot. That's awful. Oh, my gosh. My grandmother uh, had Alzheimer's. My grandpa had dementia. I think she had Alzheimer's. You forgot. <laughs> Houdini. Where do I work again? Oh. Be in the scene. Uh, my whole life, my whole life, my whole life. 
Yeah, she looking like she HD. I can see clearer now, baby. Yeah, she looking like she HD. I can see clearer now. I can see clearer now. She did paint and that guy shook his head when he yeah. was. She looking like she HD. Ooh. Is that 1080p? 1080p. Hey! <laughs> 120 hertz. Ooh, baby, my heart hurts. You guys are dorks. <laughs> I didn't realize you guys were in that dork culture. This episode's about Ezra, by the way. Just in case you guys are wondering. Who ever talks about Ezra? <sighs> we do, because it's for today. Ezra's a good book. I enjoyed it. It's short. On a scale from 1 to 66, where would you say Ezra's at? 66 being the lowest, 1 being the highest. I'm very confused. Best, There's 66 book books in the, Bible. in the Bible. Yeah, I know. On a scale from 1 to 66, where would you put Ezra? 1 being the best, 66 being the worst. Oh, I don't know. 10? Uh, you think it's, it's the 10th best book in the Bible? Oh, 1 being the best. Yes, yes you said that twice. Oh, probably like Maybe 48. 30. 30? So if you guys weren't excited for this episode before, <laughs> get ready for the 30th best book of the Bible. <laughs> I said 48, so. Get ready for the 48th best book of the you Bible. You know, what got me was reading The Sons of, and this is The Sons of That, and this is The Sons of That. Oh, that's so many books, though. Yeah. yeah. That's but, basically the whole Bible. But you know what it is? This this book is so short that you got more of it than you would have in other books. Oh, mm. like the concentration of it. Yeah. Is and that a, the word? A very on? weird ending. Mm. Very weird ending with the um the wife and children leaving thing. We'll yeah. T- we'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah we'll we will get there. But let's talk about the title before we dive in to the outline of the book. Now, the title Ezra the person, funny enough, doesn't show up in the book until around chapter 7. But the book is still named after him because he's classically been named as the author of the book. The name Ezra is short for Azariah, which means Yahweh has helped. He has before. He's helped. Hmm. He's, he's done a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. All the way up to this part, we know that God has always helped. Mm. Israelites through all the things that they've gone through. All of the things. There's a few things. <laughs> all of the things. <laughs> anyway, yeah. there's a little bit of confusion surrounding this book, like the other books that we've mentioned in previous episodes. And in this case, some people believe that Ezra and Nehemiah were originally one book. And they are combined into one book in the Talmud, the Septuagint, and by Josephus. And Wait, who is that? You know who that is. Josephus is Josephus. the most famous Roman historian. The most famous? Okay, no, um, no, probably his mo- stuff is used most to prove in regards to the Bible in the f- yeah. first century. Yeah, in regards to Christianity, probably. like he he proves that Jesus existed outside of the Bible. Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So in his writings, he also combines Ezra and Nehemiah. So it's mm. combined in his writings. It's combined in the Talmud. And it's combined in the Septuagint. Because Ezra wrote Nehemiah also. Mm, did he? No. Did he even write Ezra? I don't know. Ooh. Yeah, we haven't gotten to that part But yet. in either case, the evidence is strong that they at one point were one book. Mm. But nonetheless, we do have them in two separate books. It doesn't matter. It doesn't change anything. Well, I don't know if it... Well, that's not the whole argument. They could They could have been one book, and I think there's definitely argument there. But there's an argument against it, too. Um, so they're first separated by origin, and if you don't know who he is, 
He's a third century AD theologian and Bible commentator, and he's also kind of a genius. And he's also a little bit uh, strange. Not strange, but theologically, he he stands out from some other early theologians. Um, so we see that he separated them. They're also separated in the Latin Vulgate, which is a 4th century AD, early translation of the Bible. Mm. Um, also, people argue that they were originally separate because there's lists of people returning to Israel in both books. Um, so you see it in Ezra 2, and you also see it in Nehemiah 7. And the lists are basically identical. So it's kind of strange that someone would include the exact same list mm. twice in one book mm. if it's one book. So that kind of is another argument that gotcha. uh, they're, they're two separate books. Um, but either way, uh, we're talking about the title. So Ezra is translated as Esdras in the Subtuagent and included between apocryphal books. Um, it's Esdras A., and it's sometimes called Ezra's first Ezra's and second Ezra's. Ezra's B contains the canonical books of Ezra and Nehemiah. Okay, so there's Ezra's A and Ezra's B. Ezra's B has canonical books. Ezra's A has first and second Ezra's. Gotcha. Does that make sense? Yeah. Is Ezra's A apocryphal? Yes. Okay. Esdras A is apocryphal and has first and second Esdras. Yeah, so when you say canonical, you mean the books that made it into the Hebrew that Bible. Correct. Yes. Yeah, that we read. That. Right. Yeah. Esdras B contains canonical books, which is books that you have in your Bible. The canon. Yes. Yes. The canon. And Esdras B contains Ezra and Nehemiah. So there's a little bit of controversy there. Uh, it can throw some people off that it's kind of mixed in together with the apocryphal books, but we can hit on that in another episode. Yeah, we're That's, gonna definitely yeah. talk about the apocrypha. I think whenever we're in between the old and new testament, we'll do a apocrypha. Yeah, for sure. Talk we about have to. inspiration. Yeah, all these things that we look for. Right, for sure. And the next point that we're talking about for this book is the author and date of writing. This is actually one of the books that we're almost certain of the author, and that's Ezra. Obviously, there are certain clues that point to Ezra being the author. And the first clue is, although Ezra 1 through 6 is written in third person, 7 through 10 switches to first person while speaking about things that happened to Ezra. So she was, he was obviously talking about things he was experiencing himself. For instance, chapter 7 is all about King Adaxerxes dealing with Ezra. In the beginning of the chapter, it is written like this. This is the decree that the king gave to Ezra. Then later on, towards the end of the chapter, you see Ezra saying, Thanks be to God that the king extended kindness to me for issuing this decree. Mm. So, why he do that? Why would anybody say to me if they weren't actually writing it? Mm. Um, Bruh. Why? Bruh. We got this new soundbite, and we're just going to abuse it this episode, <laughs> by the way. Every new soundbite just gets abused. Daddy loves docs. Yep. The second reason, well, the second reason why we know that Ezra wrote this book is because the Talmud attributes authorship to him. Um, the third is there is a strong priestly tone in Ezra, and Ezra was a descendant in the priestly line of Aaron. Wait, sorry, the Talmud is the oral tradition in the Hebrew. Yes. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, we've hit on it in past episodes. If you don't know what the Talmud is, then tough. No. If you don't know what the Talmud is, research our old episodes or reach out to us at BibleDingers at gmail.com. People don't even want to know the truth. Oh, yes, they do. Uh, the fourth reason why we know Ezra wrote this book was is that um, Ezra was a scribe for the king, which meant he had access to Persian archives. Very few people were awarded this opportunity. Mm. However, we see in many portions what correspondence from the king to other kings was disclosed. So that's one, uh, chapter 1, 2 through 4, chapter 4, 9 through 22, chapter 5, 7 through 17, and chapter 6, 3 through 12. I think that's a big one because... There's such a select few number of people that would be able to know what one king is saying to another king in a letter, you know, so it would have to be a scribe or, you know, the king himself mm. or, you know, a, an assistant to the king or something like that. It has to be a certain few people. And Ezra meets that criteria along with all these other ones. Gotcha. The fifth one is that Ezra was written during the time of Nehemiah. Ezra, the person was a contemporary of Nehemiah the person. And we see that in Nehemiah 8, 1 through 9, and 12 of verse 36. Yeah. Um, and uh, one last point that I would like to make about this is that since Ezra was very likely the author, we can place the date of authorship during his life. Ezra led the second return from Persia, which is dated 458 BC. It was likely written within a few decades of this event. Most people date Ezra between 457 to 444 B.C. You want to do yes. the dated event? Yes, yes, yes. Date of the events. So before we get into that, we should probably recap what the exile was real quick. We've hit on it in First and Second Chronicles uh, a little bit. But basically, uh, Israel was a divided kingdom. They were split into the north. Dirty uh, north. The dirty north and the dirty south. Israel was the north. Judah was the south. They both were eventually wicked. North, a little more wicked than the south, I guess you could say. Um, so what happened was what happened was God allowed them to be taken into captivity. Hmm. Um, and the northern kingdom, Israel, was taken by Assyria in 722 B.C. And then the southern kingdom, Judah, was taken by Babylon in 587 B.C. Um, so these are both bad, bad countries uh, as far as they were, like, tough and they didn't put up with your junk. Um, Assyria especially was really known for being harsh, and they actually came up with crucifixion, not the Romans. Uh, so add that to your fun fact so list. Fun fact. Yeah. Um, so God allowed Israel and Judah to be taken into captivity. Um with that in mind, there are two very distinct periods which Ezra covers. Ezra chapters 1 through 6 covers the Edict of Cyrus, which happened in 538 BC. And that's when he allowed the Israelites to go back to Israel. And it lasts until the rebuilding of the temple in Jerusalem, which was 515 BC. Um, so Cyrus is from Babylon. This is the southern, the southern kingdom going back. Ezra... Chapter 7 through 10 then deals with the events that happened after Ezra returned to Israel. Uh, and this was around 458 BC, uh, along with the second wave of Israelites that returned. Um, one thing to mention was there was three waves of Israelites 
that returned um, from exile. And I probably should have mentioned this earlier. Um, but there was three waves. Ezra came back with the second wave of Israelites from Babylon. So the earlier portion of Ezra was was likely written using the resources that Ezra had available to him as a scribe. And like I said, talking about the, the inner circle. So this this all predated Ezra 1 through 6, all predated Ezra's life. So he used resources for that. Um, overall, the book covers about 80 years of history. So that is the date of the events. Woo! Uh oh. Fun facts! Fun fa- 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 facts! Am I doing the fun facts? Bible dingers! This is the section that you all love. This is the section of fun facts. All of you better love this section. <laughs> Ezra is not quoted in the New Testament at all. What? Uh oh. Uh oh. Ezra and Nehemiah were brothers. No. No. No, 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 no. <laughs> no they were friends. You, you misread That's that hard. What is this? I wrote in the fun fact section that Ezra and Nehemiah were bros, but I meant like, Bruh. like bros. Brothers. No, not brothers, just bros. Oh. Like, you know, like boys. There's a good amount of Aramaic in the book, reflective of the Babylonian captivity. Two sections make up the Aramaic parts, and they are copies of the king's correspondence. Ah. Ah. Haggai and Zechariah were around and might also have been Ezra's bros. Bruh. <laughs> Ezra may have wrote Chronicles as well, and the book of Ezra seems to be a continuation of Chronicles. Bruh. The <laughs> it's not going to happen every time. Sorry. The events of Esther likely happened in between the six-year gap between chapters six and seven. I love that one. Yeah, it's cool. That Esther happened in between. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, another one is there were about two to three million Israelites that were captive in Babylon, but only 50,000 or so returned back to the promised land. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. The, what is that in a percent? Ooh, I don't know. What was it, two million? Yeah. Two, two to three million. So there's a variable there for you. Because don't you only move the decibel over twice? Yeah. Wouldn't that be one point six? I don't know. Yeah, fifty thousand sounds like one percent of right. Two million. Yeah. I did three million. Oh, three million. Wow. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> one percent. This. Uh, yeah, one percent. So of one the people came back. Oh. Uh, the 1% came back to Israel. <laughs> Is that Bernie? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's a Christian, right? It's a good one. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this one is really cool. Buddha, the Buddha, Socrates, and Confucius were alive during the time of the events. Ooh. That's really cool. During the events? During the events. They were right in the events when the air was blowing. How you doing? Anyway, this last one. <laughs> Cyrus's decree here in Ezra 1 was predicted by Isaiah in Isaiah 44. What? Cyrus is mentioned by name before it even happened. That shows you the... Houdini! Because it's magic. Oh. I actually think all of these facts are pretty fun. I think the the Buddha one is pretty cool. Yeah. The the Ezra 1 prediction is really cool. Look at you. I think the Esther thing is super cool. 
That's probably my favorite. Which one was that again? It's between six and seven. The events of Esther happened, yeah, between... There's a 60-year gap in Ezra, and Esther happened in that gap. So it kind of like fills the gap there. Look at you. But in a different book. Anyways. (laughs) Jinx. Let's go to the purpose. Let's go to the porpoise of the book. Yeah, what's the porpoise? (laughs) (laughs) We're having a rough episode today, guys. (laughs) Okay, so uh, the porpoise... Ezra has a lot of parallels to the book of Exodus and Israel's freedom in Egypt, from Egypt. Um, there's a rebuilding of the temple. There's a re-giving of the law. Um, you see challenges from local enemies. But probably most importantly is the release from bondage and, and the journey to God's promised land. Ezra, similar to Exodus, shows us that God's love for his people is never-ending. Although he allowed them to suffer for a time, he had a plan to redeem them and free them from their suffering. Um, So I think that's pretty cool. Also, the book also showed God's use of an outside source being Cyrus um, in order to bless his people. So it's kind of showing us that he can use anything for our good. Mm. So let's get into the outline. There are one, two, two Two, major sections of the book of Ezra. There are 10 chapters. Okay. That's a short book. It is a short book. It's it's easy to read. I mean, besides the genealogy parts. Yeah. The genealogies are rough, but other than that, it's pretty pretty entertaining. Pretty cool. That's why I read the Bible anyway, to be entertained. Entertained. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? So let's jump into the outline. So... The book starts with the first return um, from exile, and that's in chapters 1 through 6. And the first part of that major section is in chapters 1 through 2, and it is, it's kind of just an overview of the first return. Um, so chapter 1 is the Edict of Cyrus, mm. and that's when he's, he tells the Israelites to go back to their land, um, and he actually commissions them to build the temple. Um, and he's like, don't let nobody get in your way. We're going to fund it. We're going to support you. We got you. So Cyrus is like the champion for the Israelites. And Cyrus was a Gentile, right? Right. He was, um, he was ruling over Babylon, but somehow he was God fearing. Yes. Yes. So he feared God. Okay. And then, um, in chapter two, that's one of the rougher parts, I guess, and that's just a list of the exiles who returned. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that that's the first return. That's an overview of the first return. Gotcha. And uh, I hope you don't mind if I take over for Chapter 3 because I just have a very important point that I would like to make. Go ahead. Um, the, the second point is the rebuilding of the temple, but the most important part of this entire book is that Chapter 3 is actually what invented Chris Tomlin. His love endures forever. That, so, that was the most important part. While of we were song. on our way over to record this today, <laughs> we were talking about, you know, a lot of times we'll kind of prepare and say, okay, uh, I know this part better, so I'll cover this. I know this part better. So, so Nick was <laughs> like, I really have something that I want to say for chapter three. And I thought he had like something convicting prepared, you know, to teach us about Jesus and the Bible. I did. Chris Tomlin. And that's what you gave me. His love endures forever. 
They wrote the song. I just want to say that. You know, chapter three, they wrote a song to God. And um, in other words, it went... His love endures forever. Is this joke going to endure forever? You, you know what's going to... Uh, Chris Tomlin doesn't like that, okay? He does not like that. <laughs> what are you talking it's like, about? It's like Fonzie. Chris Tomlin does not like that. I have no idea what you're talking about right now. Anyway... His love endures forever. Um, so you have nothing else for chapter No, three. that's it. But chapter... <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's good, right? It's impressive. Chapter three through six is the rebuilding of the temple. That's pretty much what this entire book is about. Um, in chapter three, initially, we see the beginning of the construction. Um, and then in chapter four, we see the opposition to construction. And that's where regular people discourage them. Um, and exerces... Exerces? Are taxerses. You're really exerting your your grammar you skills there, brother. How are you supposed to say Art it? Xerxes. Xerxes. Well, there's art... There's Xerxes. Art Xerxes, and then there's Xerxes. Xerxes. This is Zerk, just Xerxes. Xerxes them not, not building the temple. I can't believe you just said Xerxes. Xerxes sees them. I mean, Xerxes them Exerx. building the temple. <laughs> X, Xerx, Xerxes. <laughs> X. That Xerxes them X. building a temple. Anyway, um, chapter four is the opposition to construction. <laughs> That's where enemies of Israel um, discouraged them. And Xerxes issued a decree, a decree that they need to stop construction because they've been historically rebellious. Yeah, I think he like went through had to check the records. Yeah, the king's historical yeah, records. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had to check all the records. Yeah, that Israel was a rebellious nation, and then because he saw that, he issued the decree saying, "No, nah. no, you can't build this temple yeah. because these people are bad." Yeah, he said, "Until you hear from me again," which we all know would be never, but never. Yeah, yeah. And then in chapter five, we see the letter to Darius, and that's when Israel continues to build the temple and sends a letter to Darius telling him why they they're building it it's because god and cyrus told them to so that's when darius had to look for the letter mm -hmm. uh, to see if it even existed and he said you know what cyrus did decree this and i'm gonna go ahead and allow you to do it yeah so darius is all around a good guy because yeah. if you remember darius in, is also in daniel right? in daniel yeah we haven't got to that book yet but it's actually before this happens hmm. king darius is in the beginning of the exile with daniel so mm -hmm. they're different Dariuses. Oh, yeah? Are yeah, you, yeah, because this Darius is after the exile. Gotcha. You're and just saying Darius in the Bible has a good track record. Yeah, Dariuses are good guys. Dariuses. So name your daughters Darius or your sons. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. That's the point of chapter five. Yeah, Dar yeah. Darius was over overall a good guy. Yeah. That's that's the overall No matter point. who it is. No matter who it is, named Darius is yeah. gonna be great. Anyway, <laughs> in chapter six Love him. I wonder who did this. Guess who? Darius. It's oh. crazy how that happens. What? He actually allowed them to complete their construction. It's crazy. If he was named anything else. Yep. Like uh what, I actually uh, think like Xerxes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Xerxes or like Cyrus or you or know Mark Pharaoh. Uh, yeah. What? <laughs> If it was King Mark, this temple would not have been built. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, in chapter six, <laughs> yeah. All jokes aside, in chapter six, they completed their construction, and that's that's when Darius 
great guy, said that the Israelites could finish their temple and that if anyone tried to stop them, what would happen? I love I love his threat. Right? Uh, he said that if anybody tried to get in Israel's way of building the temple, he would pull a beam out of their head and impale them on oh, it. Oh, yeah. Out of their head? You mean their house? Did I say head? Yeah, a beam out of their head. Well, he probably already put it in their head, <laughs> but it's originally it didn't. He would take it out of their own out house. of their house, yeah, and impale yeah. them on it, which is fantastic. It's brutal. Maybe people are just walking around with beams in their heads. I don't know. Yeah, I yeah. wasn't there. It's like you know, you got you got something in your eye. Yeah, yeah, it's the same. It's thing. It's a beam that Darius put there. Yeah, it's like uh, that's what Jesus was talking about. Yes, oh. yes, when he was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> wow, he palmed it's one of those. the bell. Bible dingers. Yeah, so um, Darius told the Israelites, bruh, go freaking build your temple, and if anybody gets in the way, we're going to stab them to death. Okay. No, and he didn't say that. He said they were. he was going to take a them. beam from their house and have the house fall on them. That was his No, threat. he said they were going to impale them. Impale them. Isn't that when you that's shove when the house falls on somebody? You. No, that's when you sh- Yeah, that's when you shove something oh, through really? somebody. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. But then he also said something about the house falling on them after Well, obviously cuz the beam is gone. Or was it on the rest of his family? I think the yeah, they were going to impale the guy with the beam, then the house was going to fall on his family. <laughs> yes. This guy's so mob. Darius is so great. He's so and then he throws a white rose. Resourceful. Mm. Anyway, now we have uh chapter 7 through 10. Wait, well there wasn't just him Telling them to finish it. They actually finished it. They in finished chapter, it. Yeah, yeah. sorry. They finished six. it and celebrated Passover. Yes. Had a big celebration. Keep it going. <laughs> Keep it going, Rob Bread. So that is the first section, the chapters one through six. Bible dingers. And then there is a 60-year gap where as Thur happens. And then we get the second section, which is chapters seven through ten. And this is the second return from exile, which happened under Ezra. So the return to Jerusalem was chapter seven and eight. Um, and we see in chapter seven that there's a decree by Artaxerxes. Um, and basically he tells Ezra to take people back and he puts Ezra in charge of setting up government and stuff like that um, back back in Israel. And then in chapter eight, there's the journey. And in my little notes, I put that this chapter is not that interesting because you would expect it to be because it's the journey back from exile to the promised land. Hmm. But it basically says that they stopped at some place for like 17 days and then they kept going and they got there. Hmm. So that's chapter eight. Uh, it's not the greatest journey. It's not like Lord of the Rings worthy, but it is the journey back. So then there's chapter nine and 10 and this closes it out. And it's basically the restoration of the people um, back to their land. However, in chapter nine, there's kind of a pause because it talks about this problem of mixed marriages. Uh, and this is actually how the whole book closes out. Um, basically, there was other people groups that were bringing in idolatry and other rituals and stuff like that. And the Israelites who just came back from exile were marrying them. And because of that, the idolatry and the other gods from their lands were kind of sneaking their way into the Israelite culture. And people were starting to worship these other gods. Gotcha. So what happened was they all got together um, to decide what to do. And this is kind of going into chapter 10. In chapter 10, they decide quickly 
because it's raining out is what it says. They're like, let's get this done quick. It's raining out. They decide in chapter 10 that they're going to send back all of the foreigners. Their wives and the children. Yeah, who and were divorce married. them, right? Yeah. yeah. Isn't that the word that it says? They agree yeah. that on divorce. Yeah. So in my research, while studying this portion, I see a lot of atheists use this saying that there's a contradiction in Scripture because in this circumstance, it seems that God allowed divorce in this circumstance. But um, and then in other areas, scripture says that he condemns it. Um, I think it was important to mention because there is no contradiction in scripture. Um, God did not. If you notice, it never says that God allowed God told them to do this. Mm -hmm. Ezra went ahead and did this completely by himself, trying to create a solution for the circumstance. And it doesn't say that God ordained this, that he told him to do it. And it doesn't say that God allowed this and, and approved of divorce altogether. But on another note, it's also, um, it needs to be said that these people that they married with, their people were really no good people. Mm-hmm. Like they did nothing to better the Israelites or to better the family or to better their call that they had. Um, so they were really bad people. It's like, you know, why why did God destroy, uh, what did we um, ask a the couple Canaanites. episodes? The Canaanites. Yeah, the Canaanites were terrible, evil people. Um, and they married, in this case, they married into some evil people. Um, anyway, that's all I wanted to say about this. Yeah, so going back, I guess, to your point <clears throat> about this being like Ezra's call and Israel's call, we mentioned when we started the historical books um, at the beginning of the Joshua episode, I believe, that or we might have done it in the intro to Old Testament, I can't remember, that in the historical books you see people doing things, you see people making decisions and saying things. That doesn't necessarily mean that that's God telling us to also do those things. He's yes. not telling us to imitate these things. Exactly. It's just telling us what happened. You know, these people did these things. Um, so you have to take uh, the historical books with that in mind and interpret it and, and apply it that way. Mm-hmm. The the more applicable books, I guess, are like the epistles and the wisdom literature, which is Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, stuff like that. This stuff you have to really do a lot more interpreting for. Yeah, a little bit more homework. Yeah, um, I might end up doing a Weird Verse Wednesday on this because I think there's some heavy uh, some heavy discussions on this. Um, and I want to be clear that there is no contradictions in Scripture at all. Cool. Uh, anyway, that was our episode on the book of Ezra. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope you learned some things. Uh, we do want you to continue listening, and we hope you follow our material. Get on Facebook. Get on Twitter. Get on Instagram at Bible Dingers. Get on YouTube. Get on Spotify. Get on your your whatever podcast app you have on your phone. And uh, make sure while you're scrolling through... Stars. Stars? Reviews. Mm. Whatever you can do, we want you to do it. But while you're on our social media pages, we want you to stop. Don't, don't, don't keep scrolling. Just stop and, uh, you know, I don't know where the... Hit the that Jamay likes. Where's the, where's, hit, hit it, Nick. Hit where the Jamay likes. Nick, hit it. Hit it. <laughs> ah, there you go. Just give me the likes. Don't pass and scroll. Ding on, folks. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Before we end. Before we end. It's love and trust forever.
You know, the live stream can't hear the music at all. I know. We're just like, hi. We were just, hello. They thought that we were probably just being super awkward, but no, we were, we were actually listening to some music um, that you can't hear because it's on our headset. Headset? This is a headset, right? Hold on, let me check my beeper and see if it's there. 